0: From the Ty Cats Audio Network, this is Tiger Cats Game Day with Courtney Stephen and Mike Daly. Welcome to Tiger Cats Game Day presented by Tiffany Gate Fresh Gourmet on the Ty Cats Audio Network. My name is Courtney Stephen and this is the final week of action in the regular season for the hamilton tiger cats who are in montreal taking on the alouettes in this very special some would say unconsequential game but me and mike daly are here to break it all down for you and mike the Tiger cats 8 and 9 on the season looking to go 500 Montreal 10 and 7 on the season the playoff picture is already set we know that next week hamilton will be traveling to montreal for the rubber match but really for the one that is winner go home how does this last regular season game play into that bigger picture
1: yeah, it's it's tough, right? Because I think about this as, you know, when we had these as players and you're just kind of like, oh, why can't we just kind of wash this game and, and move on to next week and just go with that, right? But in the Tycat situation here, being able to get Bo Levi Mitchell a couple more reps so that we can kind of see what he's going to be doing come playoffs Get a few guys some rest, right? Which I'd imagine what they're doing with you know a guy like Matt Schiltz and Richard Leonard in this type of game, right? It's almost kind of like this. We had talked about it before the little preseason, but now you are creating this mini buy, giving some guys some rest, and at least getting them some sort of live bullets before that. You got to uh, before you have to go into that playoff game against Montreal. The biggest thing that I am interested for though is how the coordinators and the play callers are going to go about this game. I think that's going to be one of the bigger storylines is because football coaches, what they are is they you know, they have all their secrets, their big book of secrets, right? Some call it the playbook, some have a little other book of secrets that they want to divulge only when it's you know, absolutely necessary in the playoffs, so they don't want to give away too much for the game next week, but you also want to throw out some smoke and mirrors in this game as well. Give the opposing coaches something to prep for. So I'm thinking, you know, on defense, maybe Mark Washington created some unique blitz that he's going to run this game, so that now Montreal has to waste time next week in their prep week to now drop this blitz, have it run again, and Mark just laughing essentially saying, "No, we'll never run this again. We're just running for this week." So that's where my interest in this game lies. Um, You know, obviously, besides the placing of where these teams, it doesn't matter at all but how they're going to play that little cat and mouse game with this game when it means more the next week.
0: And that's a great point talking about the preparation of the play preparation for the playoff game through this game. So you're going to see a little bit about what this team has up their sleeve, but they're going to hold back a lot of their their cards that they want to play when the chips are down. So it's more so a tune-up, if you will. And there's a lot of names on the depth chart that either were more rotational guys getting a bigger role today, or there are people who weren't even on the depth chart at all, who are finally getting a little bit of time in the sun. So we'll, we'll dive into that just a little bit so we can talk about who we can expect to see from the black and gold this afternoon, this evening. Um, So In the defensive backfield, I think you talked about Richard Leonard probably, let's say, trying to get back to 100%. He was banged up earlier in the season, uh, missed a couple of games, but he's not in the lineup. We have Vereen, Lawson, Katzen George Jr., and Sunderland. Now, Sunderland and George Jr. have been playing together in that boundary for the last few weeks, and they've been coming together quite nicely. I actually think that that's a combination that – you know, we we actually like we'd love to see more of it. And action, live action in a game is only going to help them come together. The Thai Cats only dress six defensive backs. If you don't count the Sam linebacker, you count the Sam, then they've dressed in eight. So there's not going to be a lot of rotation for these guys. They're going to be in the game getting the reps um, behind Savros, cats and Tonis. You've got uh Dearborn stepping in. And he's probably a guy who's going to contribute on special teams alongside the likes of uh, Cartel, Flowers-Lloyd and Pavi and Sopik and those guys. But more or less, this is the same defense with a new corner at the field spot, uh, relatively newer corner in uh, Lawson, defensive back, I should say, at that field half spot. And then just the D-line, it's like the guys who were... The second line or the guys who are rotating off the bench, they're up starting. So you got Jamal Davis, you got Hewitt, Ted Laurent back in action. And of course, Ja'Garrett Davis on the other end. So a very familiar defense across the board with a couple of changes. Is there anything on that defense that stands out to you?
1: Yeah, you said it kind of perfectly where it's, you know, there's not too much you can do at this point anyway, right? You only have a certain amount of guys on the roster. The salary cap plays into this a little bit as well. But you're going to still want to get your starters, the guys that are going to be playing next week, some reps, especially coming off the bye week, right? Like two weeks without football and any live bullets, is that's a long time. Enough to lose, you know, little technical things, where to put your hands, how to break out of, you know, off one foot, whatever it might be. Right? so it is good to get those guys in there and get some action. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this D-line uh, pans out. Jamal Davis has been doing awesome, not only on defense, but you see him showing up all over the place on special teams, and Ted Laurent being back, getting him some reps in. it's He's huge, especially coming up against this Montreal team, You know, and we'll talk about next week a little bit because that's what matters, but to get Ted rolling enough to be able to stop the run, which is how Montreal wants to attack on offense, is running the ball as much as possible. Ted's the best in the league at doing that. So get him some reps. I really am excited to see how this uh, this D-line plays this game.
0: And and talking about running the ball on the other side for the Ticats, that offensive line, man, they've really put some some together. As of late, you know, I feel like since the addition of Jordan Murray, I know it takes all five guys to get it done, but he's really stepped into a spot that had some ups and downs with Joel Figueroa battling injuries throughout the year. He came in at that left tackle, Jordan Murray, and really shored that up, playing next to Revenberg, Beard, Woodmansey, arguably one of the most improved players on this entire team, and then Tyrone Riley on the other side. They're also going to have, uh at the backup guards, they're going to have... Uh Black and Van Zyl, so the youngest of the bunch and the oldest of the bunch, <laughs> ready to come off the bench when needed, so that's a great rotation right there. I would expect to see a guy like Brandon Revenberg or maybe one of these other guys who you know they' get in a lot of mileage, they get a lot of mileage throughout the year. if there's an opportunity for them to come out of the game later in the game, I would expect to see Black step in and get some reps because in the playoffs, you would want him to be game ready and there's, there's really no comparing what you do in practice with what happens when it's live action in the stadium with the full crowd. And I think Black needs to get as many of those reps as he can. So that's the offensive line. But if you were the offensive coordinator, would you be thinking about development at this point in the season or is it more so keep them in there and protect whoever's at the quarterback position?
1: Yeah, this is going to sound bad, but I think if Bo Levi Mitchell's in there, you keep them in there and protect that quarterback, right? But you also need to work on that development because you said it perfectly, Cor, like an injury can happen at any time, right? Any, anywhere nobody's uh, you know free of injuries and, and can't get injured in a football game. So the O-line, they have to be ready. And if it's going to be Van Zyl, who can back up in multiple positions, right? If it's going to be Dane Black, uh, who can go in there for the guards as well. You got to get them as many live reps because the way practices are in the CFL, you can't really tell. You can tell a little bit how well people are doing, how much they're developing, but once they're in the game, it's a completely different situation, right? So the only way to get experience for that is to be playing in a game. So guys like Dane Black and, I mean, Van Zyl's play enough games. I don't think he needs to go in there to get a couple of game reps, but especially a guy like Dane Black needs to get in there just in case something were to happen, knock on wood, of course, to this O-line, he can step in and be able to help out
0: well it's talking about helping out you've got a great receiver core there now the league's leading receiver tim white will not be suited up for this one and i think he earned a little bit of time to put his feet up he's been running all over the place with over 1260 yards this season but you still got a lot of the familiar names you got terry godwin you got Keandre smith omar bayless and then Darrell Walker, he's going to be in, in that um, boundary slot position that gets a lot of action. Excited to see him, how he steps in there and really gets a little bit more acclimated to number one, catching the ball from Bo Levi Mitchell and, and Taylor Powell for that matter. When on Taylor's in the game, if he gets in the game, you know, the Cats have been playing this kind of starter reliever thing for the last few weeks as they scale Bo back up to, um, you know, full-time duties. But, I think Darrell Walker brings a sneaky X-factor advantage. You know, just having the experience of playing in big games, having the savvy of being a veteran receiver, having the, the skill set of being a tough receiver who can go up in traffic and catch the ball, who can get some yak yards because he is, you know, willing to lean in there and fight for extra yardage. And then having another Canadian also get some wrecks in Chris Osikusi. Um, This receiving core, even without their top guy, is still dangerous.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the Darrell Walker thing, I think it's going to be more of like almost a tryout for him to see, hey, can we use him in the playoffs? Right? How is he fitting in with this offense? Is he able to come in and be that backup spot? Exactly how we talked about Dayton Black. Is he able to come in and be that backup spot for a bunch of different receivers over here? Darrell Walker, he's one of those type of guys where – He's not a Tim White, not a lot of people are, but he's that long strider, he can open up, he's fast on his top end speed, and he's a big body, right? So he's going over in the middle on digs, stuff like that. He's a he's an easy target to hit, right? He's got long arms, he can catch it. He's not one of these short, quick guys, kind of like a Terry Godwin that'll make a ton of people miss, but he knows where to be, knows how to get open. So I think it's kind of like a tryout for him these past two weeks where it's like, okay, are we going to use him in the playoffs? Is he going to be that backup? Or do we have to look somewhere else for that? I'm actually I'm really excited to see how much time uh, Herji Myala gets. Because obviously coming over to the Ticats from Montreal, was in Montreal for a while, right? Did well there at the beginning of the season. Now he's coming into a game like this. I think the one guy that's going to be the most fired up for this game is him right, trying to get in there, and I'm sure they'll get him some reps to kind of the same situation like a Darrell Walker. Are we able to use him as this backup, um, especially with a guy like Tyler Tarnowski down now? Um, is he able to come in and, and make some plays? And, yeah, like I said, I think he'll be probably the most fired up for this game. He's the one you know, sitting at home this morning just getting ready, probably, you know, chewing on some rocks, getting all excited <laughs> for this game and firing himself up. <laughs>
0: you know who's probably chewing on some rocks too Uh, Jamal Davis because he was in a similar situation maybe even a little bit more uh, sudden Mm -hmm. with the you know gets released gets picked up and gets the opportunity to get back in there so I'm excited to see those two guys because I actually think like you're correct in that Hergey can get in the game and contribute right away Um, he's a guy who uh, he's made big catches from his time in Montreal his time in Calgary he's He's no rookie. So you can plug and play him a little bit. It'll be great to see him get in there. I would also want him to see see him do the little things. Like, is he gonna block relentlessly? Is he gonna fight downfield? Is he going to run off the defensive backs on the screen? Because those are the little things that at this time of year a receiver, a great receiver, has to do in order for the offense to take that next step. And I think this offense is looking to take the next step. So partially for the whole purpose of gaining momentum i expect them to roll with this first unit for a little while because whatever momentum you have good or bad you can say that you wipe the slate and whatnot after the game but there's a slight lingering of that if you let it and if it's positive energy you would want that energy to linger on into the next week so you can hit the ground rolling i know the points you scored last week can't win today's game but there's something mentally about a team that's trending in the right direction and i I think there'll be no shortage of motivation to go out there and you know put on a good performance now speaking of good performances the the league had all of their player of the year awards all the teams put in their nominations so um we've got six players from the tie cats here tim white nominated for most outstanding player simone lawrence out nominated from the Thai Cats for most outstanding defensive player, Stavros Katz and Tonis for most outstanding Canadian, Brandon Revenberg for most outstanding offensive lineman, Tyreek McAllister for most outstanding special teams player, Taylor Powell for most outstanding rookie. And I'm gonna add another nomination for most outstanding football name for <laughs> Teon Fleet Davis who will be starting at running back because I'm gonna tell you if you're a running back and your name is Fleet Davis I expect you to have all the moves.
1: Yeah, you better be running away from everybody. And it's it's what a wild, you know, when you see the depth chart come out and you know, you know he's on the roster stuff like that and also now he's starting. You. It kind of takes you back for a sec, right? It's like, "Whoa, okay. What's going on here?" because obviously they're doing a little bit of rest with James Butler as he deserves, right? Um, but to get Fleet Davis in there, and you'll see some Sean Thomas Erlington. We all know what he can do, and I'm excited to see what he can do. But Fleet Davis to get put in there, and you know, Court and I, or you were, we were laughing before we started recording, Is <laughs> it's like, this guy better be pretty good at running back. It's almost perfect, right? He was born for this position. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Excited to see Sean Thomas Erlington as well. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I like the new award. Maybe we need to start creating our own awards on this show as well.
0: Yeah, I, I I think so, too. You know, um, I don't know what the other awards would be, but they definitely <laughs> would get some fan votes. we got to think of one for, like, best nickname, probably. Um, Mongoose is cool, but I like, you know, the leg for legs.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> that's another guy, right? So we have two guys on the tie cat that they were born, their last names were born to play the position that they're playing. So maybe we need Amazing. to find that in our scouting department.
0: Amazing. And, I mean, these uh, six guys who are nominated for League Awards, definitely deserving. Um, I think you could also throw Carthel Flowers-Lloyd in their honorable mention. He could have been nominated for the tiecast Special Teams Player of the Year or Rookie of the Year with the dominant performance that he's had, racking up special teams tackles mm-hmm. at an unbelievable clip. So, um, though his name is not on the list, Carthel, we see you. We appreciate the, the yeoman's duty that you've served uh that's not that's not going to be soon forgotten and that amount of tackles is not going to be soon surpassed mm-hmm. I don't think either
1: no and another guy too is uh Jameer Thurman right between Simone and Jameer Thurman like both of those guys have had outstanding seasons so that's that's the thing about these individual awards right it's so hard to pick and you know I, I'd imagine Coach O said it the exact same way he said it to you and I court where it's yes the individual awards are nice but Guess what? If you don't win the Great Cup with those individual awards, only you remember them, you know, 10 years from now. If you win that Grey Cup and those individual awards, then that's when it really means something. So I think that was probably the messaging internally, but it is always nice to recognize, you know, the guys that are doing really, really well.
0: Yeah, so... Thinking of this game and thinking of where we're heading, where the where all eyes are focused. I know, Coach O, you want to focus on this game, and we're not looking past it to the next opponent. But guess what? This is the next opponent. So we can talk a little bit about matchups that we're excited to see. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't get to see those matchups today. But what are some of the key matchups in this Hamilton Montreal saga that you think would be interesting for fans to pay attention to.
1: All right, court. I'm going to go with one with the DB crew here. We'll go. Will Sunderland against Austin Mack. The reason mm-hmm. for this is because the hardest thing as a DB is to cover a guy that you don't cover every day. Right? So in practice, it's easy to start understanding how receivers run routes and then you can start picking up on tendencies and then it's easier to cover. Right. Will Sunderland, when you go into a new game against a different team each week, you don't pick up on things like that, right? There's certain things that surprise you. Maybe a move the guy does every single time that works because it's the first time every DB that's up against him has seen it. Well, if Will Sunderland gets a little bit of information downloaded into his brain from this game... How does Austin Mack, you know, their top receiver, how does he run his dig routes, right? How does, when he wants to break to the inside, what's he do? Does he give a head fake? Is he a guy that just runs away in a speed cut? What's he do? But he's going to start downloading this information, right? And there's not too much that these receivers can switch up when running these routes. So I'm really excited to see that matchup because I think, you know, obviously this game, they're going to want to do well and Will's going to want to really shut down Austin Mack, but He's going to get information so that when he plays him the next week, it's now he can start thinking internally, okay, what did he do in this situation? How did he run his route You know, in a second and five as opposed to a first and ten, whatever it might be? So I'm really excited to see that matchup just because I think it's going to have a lot of implications on the next week after that, right? And that entire thing that I said, that's vice versa for a guy like Austin Mack as well, right? He's trying to see how Will's going to play him in certain situations. So, that's what I think that my matchup will be.
0: And, you know, it's interesting when you mention seeing the the depth of the routes, how people break into the routes. Is he giving you a pressure step at the top before he breaks to the post? Is it the triple jab and then another move? You know, seeing all of those things, the the little arm over swim, the push off, the chicken wing, like what's in his toolkit? Those things can change receiver to receiver. But I think actually if more reserve players or more guys who are not fide starters get into the rotation. I think you see the plays exactly as they're designed in the playbook. Precise depth, precise spacing, less of the little oregano sprinkled on top to make them look extra spicy. It's just going to be bland. Hey coach, I know exactly what I'm doing. Please put me in the game more often type of performances. And I think that could actually help a guy like Stavros or or Sunderland or George or whoever ends up being back there, just see the routes develop a little bit more. It's almost as if getting a dry run before they add all the gravy and the sauces on top of the main course. So I think that'll be an interesting part of this game to see if they, you know, take some of their base plays away. Cause you're gonna run your base plays maybe, you know, 10 times a game and then you sprinkle in the exotics. They're good. They're not, if they run 32, you know, dig under that's going to be in the playbook and they're going to run that six times a game. Right. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens when the reserve players get in, but my matchup is, is on the other side of the ball. I want to see Mark Antoine de Croix versus Bo Levi Mitchell, because de Croix is a baller, mm-hmm. that guy finds the ball. And the crazy thing is when he gets the ball, he, he makes a big play with it too. So um, he's got speed. He's not afraid to stick his nose in there and he can cause issues. This is a very opportunistic defense and he's one of the spark plugs of this defense. So, you know, Bo Levi has that kind of live by the big play, die by the big play type of thing going on. Um, he did have a pick six in a recent game. Now, I know as a, the TyCast Audio Network, we want to kind of flush that and pretend that didn't happen, but... One of those type plays could be the plays that swings the momentum of a game. And if it were to happen, it'd probably be DeQuan on the other end of it. So if Bo can move him with his eyes, if he can get him out of the middle of the field or identify when he's blitzing and then, you know, allow the hot route to replace the blitzer and, and find that open man, that would be a key to the Ticats being successful against this Montreal defense, which is stingy. They're tough. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the the exact same thing as well, right, is, you know, in terms of the coordinators and downloading that information is how much of it you do have your base plays that you've drawn up from day one, right? These coordinators, uh, they have the plays that they like that work. They have the plays that they kind of like in certain situations. Um, How much of those do you see? right in this game? How much of those do you want to show so that the players on the other side of the field can be like, oh yeah, we've seen this before last week and now I'm able to make a play on this, right? So that'll be the other angle of that, especially when you start talking about the quarterback free safety battle is because the the play's in front of both of them. It'll be very interesting to see how much of that they bring out and I think you're absolutely right. It's going to be as bland as possible and then you just you sauce it up for the next week and see what ends up happening.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's what we're going to see today. You know, at at 4 PM Eastern at Percival Molson stadium in Montreal it's going to be the boys in black and gold versus the Montreal Alouettes. And I'm excited. You know, it's, it's a great opportunity. Anytime there's an opportunity to play football. So you know i'll be watching but if you're if you're looking at us on youtube right now you might notice i got a different hat on this is not a hamilton tiger cats hat this is a forge fc hat they're also playing in a championship game today so we got to send a shout out to forge fc who's kicking off at 6 p.m. eastern at tim horton's field we've got the entire tiger town behind you as well so for tiger cats game day presented by Tiffany Gate Fresh Gourmet on the Ticats Audio Network for Mike Daly my name's Courtney Steven And until next week, we hope you have a great game day. It's game day and you're ready. So are we. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gameday at tycats.ca. Courtney, Stephen, and Mike Daly are here every game day with their insights into today's game. Subscribe to the Tie Cats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.